0: Well, hello church family. I don't say those words lightly, church family. I've been studying our fundamental belief on the church this week and I'm just reminded that the church is a concept that is lofty and privileged. And Today, as we look at that teaching, we're gonna be reminded that God has some high ideals for what church could be. And I do wish I could be there to share in person with you I've recorded this message because I will be traveling this weekend for a funeral. So I will pray for you as you worship in Palmer. Um, a few hours after you see this in church, I will be leading out in a funeral service. So if you could pray for me, we will be the church from a distance today. So let's pause and pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for church and for the people that have been church to us and what you've called us to and I pray you'd open our eyes see some better ideas of what church could be in Jesus name we pray amen I saw this piece of paper on the wall in my daughter's bedroom it says Rogers sisters club and then below that it has this pledge of the club it says I promise to be kind patient and agreeable, and you can see how that looks, kind, patient, and agreeable. When I saw this, I was not concerned about their marketing or their ability to follow out in their pledge and carry through with their promises. I was just thrilled as a father to see the intention of my children to want to gather together around such meaningful relational values even if they couldn't spell them and i think it's a glimpse into the heart of god how he looks at his people his church the club his children belong to he's not concerned about the spelling either he's not concerned with those little details like how big the building is or how nice i dressed He's looking for the heart of his children. And he would love to see a family, a sister's club, and a brother's club. And he'd love to see us carrying out the high values of kindness and love and patience and being agreeable. There are some images we have of church that aren't very helpful. They're not what God cares about. He has better images of what church could be. And we see some of these in scripture. So we're gonna look at the image of a family and the image of a body, the image of a bride and ask what the church could be if we lived into God's ideals for his children. God has called us to be a family. The invitation is belong to a family. Everyone is looking for belonging And the church offers that. Our statement of fundamental belief says the church is God's family adopted by him as children. Its members live on the basis of the new covenant. So we base this on scriptures like Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. In the first chapter of John we see Jesus coming in the flesh and the people he made his own people didn't recognize him didn't receive him in verse 12 we read but to all who did receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God we are God's children born of of God. We see that in the book of first John chapter three when it says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Jesus redefined family in Matthew chapter twelve, verse fifty, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So this is a description of church as family. And it's not figurative or just cute or a marketing slogan, it's literal. So the New Testament was written in a Roman culture and Romans had a strong body of laws and they had some very specific laws around adoption. And we see a uh, prominent example in Nero so the Emperor Nero before he was Emperor was actually adopted by Emperor Emperor Claudius So he actually was brought into the family not by blood, but because he was adopted. He was a full heir He had the right to succession as the Emperor well he had other brothers too so Claudius had other sons so there was a little bit of trouble on the way to the throne. So to secure his uh, rule more, it was to his advantage to actually marry Claudius's daughter, Octavia. So that would have been his stepsister. They weren't blood-related and it was purely a political maneuver, but the Roman laws around adoption were so strong that in order to marry Octavia, the Senate actually required her to legally become a member of a different family to avoid incest. They considered a stepbrother, no blood relation, marrying a stepsister to be incest because they were truly made one family. So we see that in the Roman culture adoption was not uh, making a second-class family member. He had a full rights of an heir and it was not making a partial family member. He actually was so much part of the family, it would have been incest to marry his sister-in-law. So, a few years later, with that cultural memory, Paul wrote to the Romans. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our Spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. So you know the culture around adoption. And Paul says, You are adopted, you can speak to God as Father, you are a legitimate heir. In his family. We become part of this family by the adoption of God. Our statement of belief says that the church is the community of believers who confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. In continuity with the people of God in Old Testament times, we are called out from the world. See, God called Abraham and his descendants back in Genesis chapter 12, and when we are adopted into the family, we're adopted into that family, God's people, his, his children, and we're just as much a part of the family as Abraham and his kids. We are also called out from something. When he brings us into the family, he calls us out of something else, and we see that in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We belong in the church, but we're called out of darkness into that light. Have you ever heard the word ecclesiology? It means the study of church. The Greek term ekklesia is used 114 times in the New Testament. It's the only single word that ends up being translated church. But it means assembly. So we are an assembly of people. But a quick dip into Greek grammar helps us understand even better what is meant by that term. The prefix ek means out. And kaleo means call. So it literally means the ones who are called out. There's another piece of Roman law that really benefited those who were adopted. When they became part of a new family, the previous experience was forgotten. If they had debts, they were canceled. That person they were before no longer existed. And that's what God is doing with us. He's giving radical belonging where he's calling us out Out of where we were and we no longer are associated with that dark past it is forgotten it disappears and he calls us into a family to belong to so the invitation is you can belong here you belong in God's family and then as a family member you extend that invitation by being welcoming to others who can find belonging in God's family and our culture is literally dying for belonging. People do the craziest initiations to get into clubs or gangs. They buy expensive clothes to fit in. There's all kinds of irrational things we do because it affords us a sense of belonging and in God's ideal image of a church, we find that deep true belonging by being a part of his family. Maybe you need to hear that you're needing the sense of belonging that only God can offer. You need to know that this is home for you. Or maybe you're in a place where you need to extend that to others. You need to show a welcoming face of the church to somebody else so that they can know the truth that this is a family to belong to, that God calls them out of where they were and brings them in and they truly belong to this family. And then another image that we get of church is to behave as a body. And when I say behave, I don't mean obedience, I mean our behavior, what we do, how we live. And I wanna see this in two very specific ways that meet our needs. Everybody is looking for placement. We wanna know where our place is. And then we're looking in that place for purpose, we want to know why we're here and how we contribute. The church offers these things. Our statement of belief says the church is the body of Christ, a community of faith of which Christ Himself is the head. So we turn back to Ephesians. You notice that Ephesians has a lot to say about the church. And here in chapter four is a beautiful picture of unity in the body of Christ. Everyone using their gifts. I'm going to read verse 15 through 16. So rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way unto him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I just love this passage. I could spend a long time on it. But first, I just want to highlight the head. Our statement of belief says Christ himself is the head of the church. Here we see Christ is the head that we grow into, and everyone is looking for that. We crave a father figure. We crave a leader, someone that gives us a sense of security that we can look to and know that we are following in the right direction. And Christ is our head puts us in the right place. We are placed in the church and we are placed under the headship of Christ. And even though our culture might say they don't want that, we're, we're craving that. We want someone to look to. Christ is that head in the church. And we see in scripture at least two things that means. One is his preeminence or his sovereignty. We look unto him. We grow unto him who is the head. So we have that figure. We have the hero we're looking for. We don't have to turn to a a superstar to meet that need. We have Jesus. But then there's another function of the head. It says in verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. One of the functions of the head is to hold the body together. Christ Christ. As our head holds us together so to take a look at our culture and in a very real way culture has lost its head we don't know where to look and we are not holding it together things are falling apart we need Christ as the head to give us placement in this world And in that place, we're looking for purpose, and that's where the image of the body is so beautiful. So it says later in verse 16, when each part is working properly. So we have different parts, and we have jobs that we need to work properly. That means the body gives purpose to each person who's involved. There's another awesome picture of the church is a body in First Corinthians chapter 12. It's kind of lengthy, and you can read all the way from verse 12 to the end of the chapter, verse 31. But in this, just skimming over it, we see unity and diversity. The whole point is there's one body with many members. Verse th- 13 says, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all. All were made to drink of one spirit. So we see unity in diversity, which is what God is. (laughs) Three in one. He loves diversity, but he puts it in a perfect unity. And that's what the church is called to be. And then it talks about each body part and how each is needed. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong in the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. And it goes on and gives these illustrations because each piece has this struggle with superiority and inferiority, struggling to feel needed and what its function is. Well, this picture of the body is that every single piece has a place and a purpose. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor can the hand to the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. A culture starving for purpose and validation would find so much of what they need in a church where every part is needed, where we stay in the place God has put us, we use our gifts. And someone else is using their gifts and we don't covet their gifts. We don't try to be like them. We be us, the way God made us, and it contributes to the body and the body needs it. The church offers this placement and belonging. We behave as a body. This is a team that we all want to be a part of. We all want to be led well. We all want to be a part of something bigger than us. We all want to contribute and make a difference. The church offers that. Our statement of belief Also says that we join together for worship for fellowship for instruction in the word for the celebration of the Lord's Supper for service to all humanity and for the worldwide proclamation of the gospel there are specific behaviors that the church as a body does and it's good for us to look at these biblical marks like fellowship and worship and proclamation of the gospel because it could be easy for us to make church into something that is not, to separate from the body and, and think that church is just watching the preacher on the screen at home, that's good. It should encourage your spiritual life. It's not church. Church is a body behaving in certain ways. There are biblical marks that we need to keep in front of us as we function as a body. It's in this body that we find our placement and our purpose, and that placement and purpose guide our behaviors. We can start behaving in some crazy ways when we don't know our place and we don't know our purpose. So the invitation is to behave as a body. You have gifts. You have interest and skills. God intended those to be contributing to the body. We want you to be here because we need you. The body is more complete when each part is doing its work. And maybe you're in a place where you can extend that call to others, where you can be an encourager, where you can spot people's gifts and talents, encourage them to be a part of the body, to contribute to the mission, and to find their place and their purpose in the church. So there's another image of church, and that is to be loved as a bride. The images we get of church call us to belong to a family, behave as a body, and be loved as a bride. Everyone is looking for love. And we're looking for a love that can give us hope for the future, and the church offers that. Our statement of belief says, the church is the bride for whom Christ died, that he might sanctify and cleanse her. At his, re- at his return in triumph, he will present her to himself a glorious church, the faithful of all ages, the purchase of his blood, not having spot or wrinkle, but holy and without blemish. All right, men, so we just have to get past the unnatural gender reference here and recognize that this is the transforming love that we crave. If you're not convinced, let's check out a few Bible verses on the bride and see what it offers to us. So we're going to go back to Ephesians. This is Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. I'm going to go back to the Old Testament. This is Isaiah chapter 62 and verse 5 says, as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. And then to the last book, there's a marriage supper of the lamb. And we read in Revelation 19, starting midway through verse six and going through verse eight hallelujah for the lord our god almighty reigns let us rejoice and exalt and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready it was granted to her to clothe herself with fine linen bright and pure as the bride of christ we are made pure as the bride of christ We are made ready for his return. As the bride of Christ, we are celebrated. As the bride of Christ, we celebrate our God. As the bride of Christ, we're invited to supper. We have a party waiting for us when we are united with the God who loves us and has called us home. There are some better images of church. We can belong to a family behave as a body and be loved as a bride so i've done a little survey and i'm going to share the results with you i've asked a few of my friends here in town uh, what organizations they would like to see in the Matsu valley and why so here are some answers i've received chick-fil-a because they offer good food with an exceptional culture dollywood because it's a joyous environment, immaculate and affordable. World Vision Distribution Center, because there is so much potential in partnering to help others. Hobby Lobby, because they have good standards and craft supplies. A bigger soup kitchen or food bank, because people need it. Costco, so I would never have to go into Anchorage. I like that one. Just bring a Costco up here and I'd never have to go into Anchorage. Another one reset, or another person said Costco because it has bulk food like the four pack of tofu. Anyone ever get the four pack of tofu? Well, you have to get that at Costco. But this person also added in their response it would help me save money, it would also help me spend money. Marshall's or Ross for quality clothing at a cheaper price. An excellent dry cleaning service or shoe repair service to reduce replacement cost. A place to get the most nutritional foods possible because what you eat really does affect how you think and feel. A vegan restaurant to offer more healthy options. Well, there are probably some organizations on this list you would love to see and others you just want to keep out of the Matsu Valley. But each of these organizations would bring some value to our community. There is some need that people in our community are looking for that they would meet. The church, if we lived out the high ideals that God has for His children, would offer more value than any other organization. Nothing else compares. We can be this church, the one God looks at and He sees imperfections but his heart is thrilled because they are living into the high calling he has placed on them. So, craft supplies, they don't compare to belonging to a family. And Dollywood doesn't even compare to behaving as a body. And bulk foods from Costco can't compare to being loved as a bride. Let's be that church.